0: Welcome in to Locked On Blackhawks for Thursday, May 7th, 2020. My name is Jay Zawaski. This episode of Locked On Blackhawks is brought to you by Built Bar. Remember, promo code LOCKED ON gets you $10 off your first box of Built Bars. I told you last show about the banana one I tried. Last night I had the peanut butter brownie. Oh my God! Amazing. Built Bars are really, really good. Builtbar.com. Go check them out. Okay um it's May 7th what we should be talking about right now is playoff hockey we should be well on the way I think we'd be probably what like in the conference final right now maybe the end of the semifinals but no we've got no hockey to talk about and it's very very sad and um there's been some Hawks news to talk about but that's sort of dried up until we find out who's gonna replace John McDonough And then what happens from there, where there will be a big, probably a wave of Hawks news. But there's a couple things I've seen on the internets, a.k.a. the World Wide Web. You may have heard of it, uh, that have piqued my interest. I'm going to talk about all three of those on today's podcast. And the first one, uh, it happened a while ago. It was on Jimmy Greenfield's Twitter. Uh, Jimmy Greenfield used to cover the Blackhawks for the Tribune. Um, but he accepted the severance or whatever the whole thing was. Don't even get me started on the Tribune because I will spend a nine-hour podcast on it, and it's not about the Blackhawks and you don't care. Um, But he had a poll. The question he asked on Twitter is you have to choose one to go through the Blackhawks dynasty with. Duncan Keith or Jonathan Taves? And it's a tough question, and I thought about it a lot before I voted because there's nothing more important than a Twitter poll. By the way... The poll has been deleted. I don't know if Jimmy just, like, wiped his, uh, I think he may have wiped his Twitter and restarted it, but it's not there anymore, so I don't know what the results were. It doesn't matter. Um, But I voted for Duncan Keith. And the reason I came up with was, look, you know, this team was stacked up front. You know, you had Hosa and Kane and all those guys that contributed. You had, um, you know, Dave Boland. You had Troy Brower. All these guys played a big role for the Blackhawks, right? And I felt like they had the forward depth to overcome being without Jonathan Taves, okay? You know, Thomas Kapetsky, Andrew Ladd, John Madden, Patrick Sharp, all these guys up front. Christopher Stieg was there as well. I'm looking over the roster now. I didn't want to exclude anybody, okay? And then you look at the D you say, you know, Duncan Keith was the catalyst of this team's defense. He kind of still is to this day. So with that, I voted for Duncan Keith. And as I was beginning this podcast and thinking about reintroducing the topic and spending some time on it, and again, if I've talked about this already, I'm sorry, but I'm changing my mind, so it's okay. I think I'm going to change it to Taves. And if you've listened to me for a long time, you've heard me say how the teams that win Stanley Cups are the teams that are deep down the middle, good at center, okay? Uh, All the Kings teams that won, the Hawks teams that won. All of them were really good, really deep down center. And look, for a lot of time, the Hawks were looking for that number two center to complement Jonathan Taves. They were looking for that forever. And they filled it in with, you know, Antoine Vermette or they would make a trade or whatever and have you know, or they'd sign Brad Richards to a one year deal. Those sort of things. They would sort of, uh, you know, stop gap because they couldn't find anyone permanent in that role. So as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about what this team would look like without Jonathan Taves up front, being your number one center, being your top, you know, uh, defensive matchup center. And I've changed my vote. As much as Duncan Keith meant to, and still means to the Blackhawks and to those Stanley Cup runs, I look at their defensive core, and I say that could withstand. Losing a player like Keith more than the offense could could afford losing Taves. And the fact that this conversation has to be even had is a it's a huge compliment to both guys. Both are all-timers. Both are Hall of Famers. But let's look at the 2010 Blackhawks defensive core, okay? Cam Barker, this is alphabetical, obviously. Cam Barker, Nick Boynton, Dustin Bufflin, who played forward and D, Brian Campbell, Jordan Hendry, Nicholas Johnson, Kim Johnson. Well, we know how that ended actually we don't <laughs> Duncan Keith Brent Seabrook Brent Sopel. so if you have your top six is Sopel, Seabrook Jalmerson Campbell Bufflin Barker or Bufflin Boynton that's actually not terrible you could live with that but if you look at the centers on this Blackhawks team in 2010 here we go ready alphabetically Boland Burrish Jake Dowell Andrew Ebbett Colin Frazier John Madden, Patrick Sharp. And Sharp did not play center exclusively. He's a center wing and spent most of his time on the Hawks as a winger. That answers my question. Jonathan Taves, because of the position he played, not just that, because of the production he had and because of his two-way play. And remember, they were not a great face-off team. They really never have been in this dynasty era and after. Jonathan Taves has been the guy keeping them afloat from a faceoff perspective for a long time. When they traded for Dylan Strom, he was supposed to come in. He was like 57% in Arizona and then came here and was just hovering around 50, mostly under 50, though. So I have changed my vote, and I wonder how you feel, too. This is a good thing for Talk Back Tuesday. If you want to get into it, send me what you think. Who, who was more important to the dynasty, Jonathan Taves or Duncan Keith? Send an email to lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com or a voicemail 708-653-0572. Feel free to stretch your legs. Tell me long why you why you made the choice you made. It's not an easy thing to choose. It is a very tough decision. And fortunately the Hawks did not have to make it. And they were able to have both guys, you know, as part of the team for the entire run. And they're still here and probably will be until they're both done playing hockey so that's a really really good thing but man that poll after i voted on it i'm like oh did i make the right decision as if it had some sort of uh (laughs) like actual impact on the outcome of history it doesn't but it just it was a really good question and uh i'm glad jimmy greenfield asked it and uh now i've changed my vote so if that poll comes back i'll have to change it i'll have to tell him go back look at the results if you wrote them down and add you know a point zero zero one percent for jonathan Taves. hey by the way you heard me start the show Talking about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And as a fat guy, I don't say that. I don't take that lightly. Candy bars are very special to me. Okay, they're a big part of my life. I would not just say that. They're delicious. Built Bar has the texture of almost like a Three Musketeers. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They come in sixteen amazing flavors. Eighteen are chocolate nut flavors. I'm sorry, eight are chocolate nut flavors. Eight are chocolate nut-free flavors. All of them are covered in 100% chocolate. They're great for the health-conscious guy. If you want to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat, built Bars are for you. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, big for me, low pro- high-protein, and high-fiber. There's 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, and 3 3- grams net carbs in the peanut butter brownie bar that's the best one I've had so far the mint brownie 15 grams of protein 110 calories 4 grams of sugar 5 grams of net carbs so low carb low sugar treat that tastes like and feels like a candy bar when you eat it go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get $10 off your first order use promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com they've got some new flavors coming later this month Dark chocolate cookie dough and mango and peach cobbler will be out on May 10th. May 18th, peanut butter banana, pineapple upside down cake, coconut pecan pie, and blueberry lemon. That blueberry lemon I cannot wait to try. So, builtbar.com, promo code lockdown to save 10 bucks off your first order. It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you so much for tuning in. You want to send an email, you want to send a text, you want to send a tweet locked on blackhawks at gmail.com the voicemail 708-653-0572 or follow the show on twitter at lo underscore blackhawks so we talked about the jimmy greenfield duncan keith poll the next two i'm going to discuss come from our guy charlie romeliotis from nbc sports chicago he's going to join the podcast on friday looking forward to that love talking to him uh, very easy conversation good dude knows his stuff and uh wrote today uh that's th- uh Wednesday actually is when I'm recording this about Kirby Doc and how you know a lot of people wanted the Blackhawks to tank uh to get Jack Hughes and and they ended up getting Kirby Doc third and it worked out cuz Doc outperformed Jack Hughes uh at least leading up to uh, you know the stoppage in play looking at the stats here between Doc and Hughes 64 games played for Kirby Doc 8 goals 15 assists 23 points, minus 1. Jack Hughes for the Devils. Seven, po- 7 goals, 14 assists, 21 points, and 61 games. He was a minus 26. Now, these plus-minus things are great to point out when you're trying to win an argument, but the reality is that we all know, and most people believe at this point, that, pl- that plus-minus is an overrated, overvalued stat, and it's way more dependent on your teammates than it is on yourself. However, it is a significant difference in plus-minus between Doc and... And he was. So the point that Charlie Romeliotis is trying to make is look, maybe, you know, the Hawks got the best player at three instead of one. I'm hesitant to give that crown to Kirby Doc yet. Uh, look, I, I really like the way Kirby Doc played. I think he would fit in very well. He never looked out of place in his time with the Blackhawks, even when he wasn't getting the offensive production, even when he wasn't producing the points, even when there were times where. He'd go long stretches without appearing on a score sheet. He never looked lost. He never looked out of place. Now, a couple criticisms, and they're well-documented. He sometimes holds on to the puck too long. He sometimes tries to stick handle his way in and out of plays that just don't work at this level or don't work frequently at this level. And he also had a hard time avoiding getting hit hard. It seemed like once or twice a game, he would get smoked pretty well. By the opposition, but those th- those things, those criticisms, are certainly things that he can grow out of. But just because it worked out better the first year, doesn't mean it's going to work out better down the road. And do I think Kirby Doc could be as good of a player as Jack Hughes? Sure, I absolutely do. Here's where I want to bring this conversation though, and and I feel like you know it's almost a year from the time the Hawks made the pick for Kirby Doc instead of Bowen Byram. And Bowen Byram was kind of the consensus guy a lot of Hawks fans felt like the Hawks should take. He was a no-doubt franchise-level defenseman, at least in the minds of most draft analysts and hockey people, that he was a can't-miss kind of a player. That said, he did not begin the season with the Avalanche this year. He didn't play this season with the outline. So a lot of people are saying like, well look, Kirby Doc played this year, Bowen Byram didn't. That that means Kirby Doc is a better player. Not necessarily. And I still think that and look, there's no point in saying like make choosing Doc was a mistake. I don't think it's going to work out for them. The, Kirby Doc is a good player. I have no problems with Kirby Doc. I don't have a lot of problems with the pick. But the the problem I have a, the thing I had an issue with was you know are you really choosing from a position of need? You've got Dylan Strom. You've got Jonathan Tate for the near future. Do you really need another center? Well, when you look now all of a sudden at the Blackhawks' young defensive core, do you really need another young defenseman? I don't know. But I think if that question was posed to me today, if the offer was made, if Colorado got on the phone with Stan Bowman today and said, Stan... We're going to give you a chance to redo this, and we will trade you straight up Bowen Byron for Kirby Doc. And again, I know we haven't seen Bowen Byron play a game yet. I understand that. But would you make that trade? After what you've seen from Kirby Dock in one year, knowing he's going to get bigger, he's going to get stronger, with that he'll probably get faster, he's going to learn the lessons from a year and you know with all that in mind with all those thoughts in your head would you give up it's not giving up would you trade Kirby Doc for Bowen Byram and I think if you asked me that throughout the year I might have said yes and I still like if we could rewind to that day I think I think I would still want them to pick Byram even if I knew how Doc was going to do in the first year and how he was going to look I just think with Byram there's a very low chance at him being a bust so I think the danger and we'll talk about this with Charlie Romeliotis tomorrow because it was his column the danger with calling it that's not what Charlie was doing I don't want to paint that unfairly Charlie was not saying he had a better year therefore he's a better player that's not at all what he was saying but he was just pointing out that through the first season, or at least you know two-thirds of it, Kirby Doc had outperformed Jack Hughes. That's a fact. That's a fact. But just because it's one year doesn't mean that the history book is written, and that's how it's going to be. That That's kind of my bigger point. And uh, I don't know, it's just, it's fun to look back on these things now. We are like, you know, it, the, the draft was in June, and it was a big one for the Hawks you know and uh this this Kirby doc pick now I, it's interesting we've talked about this a lot what does his what does him being picked mean for the future of Dylan Strom does that make Dylan Strom expendable i don't know i don't think so i think we just got done saying last segment how important it is to be deep up the middle and you keep those three guys and Taves and Strom and Doc and you arrange them in the blender however you want but right as Jonathan Tave's career is going to start to fade, that's when Doc will be entering his prime. That's when Dylan Strome will be entering his prime. Remember, Dylan Strome is still very young. He, he you know, It feels like he's been playing forever. But Dylan Strome turned 23 in March. There is a lot of development ahead for Dylan Strome. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out you know the the doc versus hughes versus caco versus uh byram thing is going to be fascinating as years go on but just let me say this i love what i've seen from kirby doc i think it was a good pick and i think he's going to be an absolute stud but you have to wonder hmm how great is bowen byram going to be and in two or three years we're going to have that answer You're listening to Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining me. Appreciate that very, very much. So the final thing that NBC Sports Chicago posted, Blackhawks related, this was on Wednesday. They posted it around noon. The question is, if you could pair any two active players with Patrick Kane on a line, who would it be? Now, this is a really good question. And I liked it a lot. Uh, There was a lot of reaction to it on Twitter. One name came up more than any. And if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense because we've seen it before. Artemi Panarin's name comes up probably four out of six tweets here from people. McDavid and Panarin. Panarin, Taves, and McDavid. Panarin and Anisimov. No. Oshie and Panarin. McDavid and Panarin, Crosby and Panarin, Ovechkin and Panarin. It's like, it just goes on and on and on with Panarin. And that chemistry with Kane and Panarin is absolutely undeniable. And that's who I'm going to choose for the winger as well. So that brings the question to who's your center? And it's almost impossible to not choose Connor McDavid, who is... I think the best player in the league right now, I don't know if that's much of a stretch, but he's everything he was advertised to be and probably a little bit more. He was hyped as the next Crosby and the next Ovechkin, and he's absolutely delivered. Talk about young. He's also only 23 years old, 23 years old. Connor McDavid has 469 points. In three hundred and fifty-one games, yeah, four hundred and sixty-nine points. In three hundred and fifty-one games, chances are that had the season resumed and played out the way it would have been, the way it was supposed to, that Connor McDavid would have reached five hundred points before his twenty-fourth birthday. Think about that. He's not had. A full length season under 100 points. Rookie year, he played 45 games, 48 points in 45 games. 2016 2017, 30 goals, 70 assists for a nice clean 100 points. Third season, 82 games, 41 goals, 67 assists, 108 points. 2018 19, 78 games, 41 goals, 75 assists. 116 points and this season leading up to the stoppage 64 games 34 points 63 assists 97 points this kid is unbelievable and it's almost unfortunate that he's on the oilers because they just seem so far away they're not really on tv that often Uh, yeah you get to see Connor mcdavid's highlights every night But being able to watch him throughout the course of a game is so much more important. It's so much more valuable when evaluating him and seeing his greatness. Like, we were able to watch Kane, even if he didn't live in Chicago. Everyone got to see Kane and Crosby and Ovechkin all sort of develop at the same time. They got to see him on TV all the time. And I know McDavid was on TV more often recently, but this guy is otherworldly. This guy could go down as the best of his generation. And, you know, who's going to be, instead of saying who's the next Crosby, who's the next Ovechkin, it's going to be who's the next McDavid. And could you imagine McDavid, Panarin, and Kane on a line together? You'd never have the puck. It's like, hey, congratulations, you don't have the puck ever. Uh, until you are digging out of the back of your net that's the only time you're going to get to touch it is when your goalie turns around he's going to have sunburn on his neck from the goal light going off as often as it does you will never have the puck so the other thing about this is i was thinking about would i put ovechkin there instead of panarin and it's totally valid but i just think the chemistry those two guys had was special and if they had the best center of a generation between them, that would be something. But I did give some thought to Ovechkin, maybe the greatest goal scorer ever. If you look at the way he has scored in the era in which he has scored, it's incredibly impressive. And it's hard to say best ever anything in hockey without bringing up Wayne Gretzky. You have to bring up Wayne Gretzky. He is far and away the best player ever statistically. He'll never be caught. Um, But it was a different time. That was when guys had 90-something goals. And 100-something points, or 100-something assists and 200-something points. Hockey's not like that anymore. The goalies are way better, way different. And for Ovechkin to do what he's done over the course of his career is remarkable. And you have to wonder, if Ovechkin played in the era of Gretzky and Messier and Yari Curry and those guys... What would he have done? 706 goals in 1,152 games for Ovechkin. I'm going to go season by season for him. By goals, 52, 46, 65, 56, 50, 32, 38, 32, 51, 53, 50, 33, 49, 51, 48. Led the league in goals 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 times in his career. So 706 goals for the record. Wayne Gretzky holds the record for most goals with 894 and 1,487 games. So 300 plus more games in the career for Gretzky. Ovechkin's got 706. Gretzky has 894. Can Ovechkin get, you know, almost 200 more goals and 400 games? That's tough. That's going to be tough. But has there, have you seen anything from Alex Ovechkin that indicates he's slowing down anytime soon? I don't know. He's 34 years old right now, almost 35. He'll be 35 in September. How much great hockey does Alex Ovechkin have left? Oh, by the way, when this season got cut short, Ovechkin had 49, 48 goals. So, <laughs> you know, at 34 years old, He was definitely going to get to 50, may have gotten to 60. I don't know. That's going to be really interesting. He's got a real chance at catching Wayne Gretzky in goals. But this seems like a good time to share my favorite Wayne Gretzky factoid, and I think most people know this. So Gretzky, as we said, is hockey's all-time leading goal scorer with 894 points. If you take away every goal he ever scored, all 894 goals, Wayne Gretzky is still the league's all-time leading scorer. Yep, that's right. Wayne Gretzky's assists, 1,963, is higher than the NHL's number two all-time leading scorer, Yarmir Yager, 1,921 points. Yes, that is a number that will never be broken Wayne Gretzky's hockey statistics. Unless they just like remove the goalie or let the teams shoot on soccer nets instead of hockey nets, that record will never be broken. All right, thanks for joining me today on Lockdown Blackhawks. Appreciate it very much. You're the absolute best for sticking with us here. Tomorrow we will talk to NBC Sports Chicago's Charlie Romeliotis. Should be a really good time. But until then, thanks for listening to Lockdown Blackhawks. Make sure you ask your smart speaker to listen to the latest episode of Lockdown NHL. We'll talk to you on Friday here on Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.